Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome back to the Elm Park Rules preview podcast. I'm joined now by Barry Worthington, who is producer and editor of the PWU podcast and blog. Do you want to tell the good folks at home, Barry, what PWU stands for? Yeah, it's Progress with Unity. It's the town's motto. So that's where we've put that title from. We're hunting for many. Took us about a week and a half to decide to go with that one. But we thought it was rather apt, you know, Progress with Unity. And that's what we want. Yeah, fortunately, the the naming process was taken entirely out of my hands for the Elm Park Royals podcast. That was uh, very much Paul Mann that had uh, ownership of that. I'm just a hanger on that does like the midweek stuff. So, uh, And on the subject of midweek stuff, um, Reading, of course, off the back of probably one of our worst losses of the season last night to Sunderland, Barry. Uh, we were there. Um, in a in a rare turn of events for me, I was in one of the um, hospitality boxes <laughs> and uh, it was all very novel, but the football was dire. Uh, meanwhile, Wigan have just had a, a very good three points on the road this week. Do you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, it was... Uh, well, first of all, I've got to mention that our away form is is uh, second to none. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're built for away days. Um, our own form isn't, isn't as good. Um, we got oh, promoted yeah. last season. Uh, on the strength of our away uh, form. So we, we've carried out, uh, continued this season in the same vein. I think we're the only side in the Championship with three away victories. Mm. Um, and, and also that tells you as well, we've had three wins this season. They've all come on the road. Uh, so it was no surprise really when, when we went to Huddersfield. They were going through a bit of a rough patch themselves, aren't they? You know, stuck at the bottom four points from, from eight games. And... What we tend to do is, is soak up at the beginning, soak up and um, just come on strong in the second half. But for, for this particular game, Liam Richardson had shuffled the pack a little bit and surprised surprised all the Latics supporters. And we had a more uh, offensive lineup. And uh, first half, I think realistically, we could have been two goals up. Uh, we had a, the penalty came and, and uh, it was a penalty we nailed on. Uh, Will, Will Keane dispatched it uh, with a plum like he does as a superb <laughs> penalty taker and with a couple of other chances as well. Second half, five minutes into the half, we hit the post with a, with uh, 
a header from from Jack Watmore, centre half from a corner, and we scored quite a few goals from set pieces, um, unmarked, and he, he should have buried that to be honest with you. And then we seem to sit back slightly and, and allow Huddersfield to press us a little bit. And they came into the game. Uh, Jordan Rhodes came on, and then there was a, a bit of a strange incident where I think they'd had a corner and. Mm. Tom Lees had gone down in the box holding his head, but the referee allowed play on. And it, it sort of went back out to the right-hand side. They knocked it around a little bit. So it went on for about a minute, this. And then, uh, I don't know where it was uh, over on the right, but he, he knocked the ball into the centre. Uh, our keeper rose and, and took it cleanly. And then the referee blew his whistle and brought treatment on for Tom Lees. And we all thought we were going to start with a drop ball for the keeper, but he didn't. He went back out to the right-hand side and give the drop ball to Huddersfield. Exactly. So what? They, all they did then was knock the ball back in the box. It came back out. They knocked it back in again. In this, in that little moment, Tom Lees had been uh, brought back on the pitch and a loose ball bobbled about and he stuck it in the back of the net. So we were thinking, oh, it's like we've been undone here by, a, mm-hmm. by what I consider to be a poor refereeing decision. Yeah. And the referee that night was Jeremy Simpson, who we've never won an away game whilst he's been refereeing. So that oh, was, well, that, well, that tells you all you need to know then. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, <laughs> here we go. And just prior to that, um, Callum Wang had, had been cleaned out in the box and he got booked for diving. And it wasn't a dive. He, he actually, he did get, he get he got cleaned out and it should have been penalty number two, but I think he bottled it a little bit. Mm. But we just went back on the offensive again. Uh, we took the game by the scruff of the, scruff of the neck. Uh, I know Rhodes hit the bar with a, with a bit of a rasping shot, but I think that was as uh, that was as close as they came. They're very poor on this field. They missed mm. they missed a couple of guilt edge, edge chances, and we scored um, on eighty two minutes. Callum Wang put the ball in the back of the net. Lee Nichols, our ex goalkeeper, he come through the ranks at Wigan Athletic. Of course, uh, yeah. did us a favour. He was awful on the night, to be honest with you. I know he's he's been highly rated last year. Um, there's nobody more surprised than Wigan Athletic fans to to see that Lee Nichols was in the Championship team of the season last season because <laughs> he isn't he isn't a good goalkeeper. He's a, he's, a, he's all right, but he's he's more of a number two than a, a first choice. So, but on on uh, on Tuesday he lived up to expectations and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was his positioning was terrible for the goal. So anyway, we take it, and yeah, two one. So we march on. They they sack uh, Danny Schofield in the morning, and uh, you know we we pat our manager on the back. So it's, it's always goal. a really satisfying feeling when it's your result that means that the other manager's given a heave ho. It feels like uh, you know you're judge, jury, and executioner. It's always a nice feeling. Reading have done that a few times over the years, and the less said about championship refs, the better, because I suppose one. Thing you haven't missed about being in the championship barriers, the standard of officiating in this division, because already this season, like in the nine games that Reading have played, there's been a, a right um, catalogue of things where you think, okay, you know, something needs to be said about the refs here. But it's funny yeah, you mentioned you, you, you want to try on. league, you want to try league one refs if you think championship <laughs> refs are bad. Well, honestly, we flirted with the drop a couple of times, and you know, maybe you know we'll get our, our taste of it sooner rather than later. But you, you mentioned about your. Um, your away form and how that is so much better than your home form. I mean, it's it's in stark contrast to Reading's where Reading have failed to score and have lost uh, five of their last six away matches. So the portents aren't good on our end. But equally, I mean, as far as we're going to concern, you've only lost the one game this season. And 
if you look at all three of the promoted sides from League One, by the time we play you guys, we'll have played all three of them now because we're playing you at the weekend. We lost in spectacular fashion to Sunderland last night, 3-0. Lost 4-0 to Rotherham early doors in the season. So, um, you know, you're, you're all acquitting yourselves really well. And I suppose with you guys being at 11th in the division at time of recording, I mean, it's the dream start, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, start of the season, uh, you know, the the anomaly is usually at least two of the teams that come up go back down again in, in this division. And I thought that um, that it wouldn't happen this season because we're... I know we're strong, I know Rotherham are strong, and and Sunderland have got a little bit of financial muscle as well. So, mm. and they've got some good players. I mean, we had a bit of rivalry with them last season, but if truth be told, you know they, they've got a good squad there. So I thought the the team struggling. Uh, I'm not saying we wouldn't be down at the bottom end, but I didn't think that any of us three would go down. You know, and I, and I picked out um, Birmingham, yeah. yourselves, and Hull City were my three picks for, for relegation and that was basically just on last season's form and things that were happening in, in and around the clubs and uh, so I've not seen anything yet to change my mind I know you've <laughs> lost Everly you've lost Everly at times uh, so have we <laughs> but we've only lost one we lost five one to West Brom but that was a bit of a fluke game that yeah. uh, but you've lost you've took like like you say took three pastings um, and, and, and that that would worry me if we were getting you know Getting done. That's that. I don't know if it shows a lack of fight in the team or. It's funny. Of... It's this. That's exactly what the manager Paul Lintz was saying last night. Is um, you know, when we lose, we lose badly, and it's kind of reminiscent of how we were the season we came third under the upstand. Because even though, gosh, we're not thinking about playoffs this time round, even though we're somehow fourth in the table after nine games. But when we lose, we lose by two, three, four goals. And um, Paul Lintz came out after the game and said, you know, he's been worried about application on the training ground. And you could see his son, Tommins, like yelling at the players we're not doing enough running last night. So I think you're right, Barry. I think, you know, that is probably a good diagnosis in that, you know, it's it's it's, it's funny. It's a lot. We're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. You know, we will beat teams we're not expected to beat and then we'll roll over against. I mean, Sunderland, to their credit, scored their third goal in particular is fantastic. But you know, it would worry me going into Wigan at the weekend, knowing that we need a reaction. And um, with with you guys being in such you know, handy form yourselves, winning three of your last five. And, you know, you've got players on paper as well who can make the difference. I mean, Will Keane's got three goals already this season. I know that the likes of, let me think, uh, James McLean's still knocking around, isn't he? How's he been this season? Oh, brilliant. I mean, he, he's uh, a bit of an hero at Wigan Athletic. I know he's, he gets a bit of abuse around the country for, for, for stuff we're not going to, but I mean it's 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 just a, a thing to to whip an opposition player with hopefully you know that's hopefully all it is. Uh, because the stuff that gets thrown at him is you know it, it's not right. Um but he's he gives hundred percent. It's his second stint with us. When we was in administration, he was a Stoke City player at the time. He put five grand into the say the, the club fund. I mean, you can't ask for more than that, can you? You know, that was a fantastic gesture. Mm-hmm. Nobody had gone to him and asked for money. He just donated it himself. Um, he plays with his eyes on his sleeve. He set up the winning goal uh, on, on Tuesday night for Callum Lang. Um, he's an aggressive player. He, he never shirks a, a, a challenge. Uh, if the crowd get on his back, he, he reacts to it and he plays better. You know, so when the opposition give him stick, it works in our favour. Mm-hmm. Um 
James McLean is James McLean, and you know exactly what you're going to get off him. You know what he's going to do on, on, on Saturday. We know what he's going to do on Saturday. And he's got, you don't get 80, 88 international caps if you're, if you're not a good player. So I think that speaks volumes in itself. Yeah, but he's, we're, we're definitely not a one-man team. He's part of the unit. He's, his style of, his, his, the way he commits to the to the team is is uh, typical of all the other players where you were talking about not a lot of fighting in your side in Reading. Uh, it's quite the opposite in Wigan Athletic. We, we battle, we battle for each other, not to win the games, but they, they battle for each other. They're like a, a group of, of real mates, not just like a, Teammates, but they are, you can tell you can tell there's a bond between them all, and it, it did as well last season to get us the championship um, when we won the title. And uh, again this season, we went down to ten men after ten minutes at Birmingham City, and, and dictated the game after that, and won one nil. You know, and, yeah. but it was that that ethos in the team that that's always through. And James McLean typifies that. But we've got players throughout who are exactly the same: Max Power. Hundred, you know, hundred percent every game. Max Power, uh, Curtis Tilt. I mean, right. at times he thinks he's Franz Beckenbauer, but you know, <laughs> Curtis Tilt is like this awkward, lumbersome defender who defends like his life depends upon it. Yeah. And then sometimes he wants to play the ball a bit, and everybody's like, Curtis, get the ball up the pitch, just you know, get rid of it. But but he's, he he typifies again that that spirit in the team. And then we've got. Josh McGinnis probably playing up front. Same again, puts 100% in. Charlie Wax just come back after everybody knows what happened to him last year with a cardiac arrest and he's got his, his defib fitted under his skin, you know. So I think that shows to, to come and play professional football, to continue playing with, with that, it, it takes a big character to do that. Yeah, um, and it's just it runs through the team, and it, it's great to see. And it's what all fans want. You you want to see your players willing to sweat for your team, don't you? And and give their all, and and that's exactly what they do. Yeah, you've got players that I think most Reading fans would be jealous of. I mean, I know I, I I remember seeing Curtis Till. I think he was at Blackpool at the time, but I remember being really impressed with him when they played against us in the cup one year. And um, another name that immediately springs out for me is. Um, You've mentioned him very briefly, but Jack Watmore is, you know, 26, just a real rock. And, you know, it plays that. I mean, even though Reading have got strength in depth at the moment, as far as, you know, centre defenders are concerned, like last night we were really shown up in, in that a couple of them who were academy lads, the likes of um, Tom McIntyre and, and Rob Holmes. Their inexperience kind of showed a little last night, but I mean, in, with a player like Jack Watmore, even though he's still young, you know, so good in the air, and you know, real stabilising presence. So, so yeah, yeah I, I think, I, th- I think one of his greatest qualities is his ability to read the game. If you, like, I know you, you're probably not old enough to remember Bobby Moore, but you must have, <laughs> you know, read all the plaudits about him, and that's exactly why Moore played. And he plays, plays in that style where he reads the game. He he very rarely gets caught having to make last-ditch challenges. He's, he's strong in the air, like you say. Um, and he can play the ball out with both feet as well. So he's, he's calm on the ball. He's assured. Um, he, he, you know, he doesn't look like a rugged centre-half. He looks he looks like a bit of class, you know, he, and he conducts himself that way. And, yeah, he is. You know, we're very fortunate to get him. We got him on a free transfer. And uh, it's just unbelievable that, you know, the reason he, he left Portsmouth was because they, were, they wouldn't offer him the wage he was on this, the previous season. Yeah. You know, they're cutting his wage and it's, it's just unbelievable. By far and away, the best centre-half in League One last season. And he started this season 
you know, in just in, in, in the same vein of form. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the best signings are ones you pick up on on a free that are inexplicably let go. Uh, it's similar for us with our captain and Andy Eard and didn't have a great game last night, but picking him up on a free from from Barnsley has been an ever present for us for about the last five six years. So that's how it goes sometimes. I just want to, you know, you're saying about the form you've taken into this division after being promoted, and you find yourself in the top half of the table. If you were to win your game in hand, of course, um, from that game you had cancelled against Coventry, less said about that the better. And their um, moon craze for a pitch, um, you would find yourself third unbelievably so all, all of this is to say I guess what are your expectations from this point on you know is survival still the aim or do you reckon you can do a bit better um you know survival is definitely the aim that's that is that's the first priority isn't it uh I think for probably 50 percent of the clubs in the in the championship survival is is the number one mm. uh and once that's achieved you can you can then reassess where you are in the table and, and is are you going to have a push for the playoffs um Realistically, I, st- I still think we'll. Um, there's some quality sides in this division. We know that, and, and realistically, I, st- I still think we're going to finish lower mid table. Uh, if you look at our our results, we don't batter anybody. You look last season. I mean, the only team we really battered was Bolton, and, and we love doing that, you know, because uh, <laughs> Bolton are Bolton, and everybody loves battering Bolton. <laughs> so, so that was fantastic. But, but we, apart from that, we didn't really, you know, go to town on anybody, and we tend to win by the odd goal at the most, you know, two. Um, and and that's where we're very very tight. But the trouble with just being one goal in front, as you've seen with with our draw so far, you know you you can end up not winning because you're playing tight games. Uh, like I said on on Tuesday, it was a bit of a difference uh, in the fact that it was a lot more offensive than what we've been uh, this so far this season. But I still think we're, we're playing on the cautious side, and I can see as. My uh, pre-season prediction was between 18th and 14th, so I went 16th, and I still think that's where we're going to finish up, and I'll be delighted with that because then that gives us the building blocks for next season, and we, and we can, you know, push on. It's a bit like Luton when they first got promoted. If you remember, they came up yeah. and they, they, they cheated around the, in the relegation spots, mm-hmm. and then and then the second season they, they, they pushed on, didn't they? And unfortunately, this season they've not been <laughs> they've not been doing as well for. <laughs> But that's 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 this sort of aim, I think, uh, for for us. I mean, if if we do have a run and get into the playoffs, brilliant. Yeah. You know, that's brilliant. But uh, I can't see it personally. It's an unpredictable league, and I know it's a cliche that gets bandied around every year. The way you know they will say, "Oh, the championships," you know, the league where anyone can beat everyone. But I think more so than ever this year, the strength of the three promoted teams has made things really interesting. And even though, like you say, you know, a couple might still drop off and. You know, it might more be more about consolidation. It's it's just made for like a fascinating league on paper. And you know, by the time we we play you at our place later in the year, it'll be interesting to see where we've we've settled by then because the league table's still forming. But in regards to the weekends, when we've got to make the trek up north, um, I'm I've got some memories over the years of being pasted at Wigan. Um, I think at my first away day at Wigan, I think we got beaten three 0 and that was around sort of oh, I don't know, like twenty. 14, 15-ish, but um, you know, back to the present day, how are you expecting it to go down, Barry, in terms of a score prediction? Because Reading are looking for a response. We really need one after being battered 3-0 last night. Um, you're hopefully, from your perspective, not looking for your second loss of the season. I mean, how how do you reckon it's going to go? Yeah, uh, 
you mentioned uh, coming up and, and you do, was doing you 3 0. I remember George Puskas, the last time we played at the DW Stadium. <laughs> it was and, a seven uh, minute hat trick or something. Uh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like between the 78th and 82nd minute. Yeah, back sorry three, about that. Uh, You'll be glad to hear that he's gone now. He's uh, he's in Italy at the time of recording. So. <laughs> I, I believe so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you can never tell, can you? I mean, I think I hate playing teams on the, on uh, after they've taken a bit of a beating. I hate playing teams because even though he said there's no fighting and no character in, in, in the squad, that's when they do stand up, isn't it? I mean, we've got battered 9-1 at Spurs one season and, and the next game we played Sunderland and beat them 1-0 because that's, that was the response that we had to give. And it was the same after the West Brom game, uh, sorry, the... Uh, the the Burnley game when we got battered, yeah. the next game was totally different, and we and we were very strong in that. <clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, I've listened to uh, the Reading supporters on on your podcast particularly, uh, and it's it's like all doom and gloom, and and you, sometimes you get lulled into this false sense yeah. of security. I mean, I'm looking at the tables, and and you're up there. You know, you're not up there because you're poor, but then again, those. Those three games where you took good hidings, um, that again gives me gives me the the feeling you might have a soft centre, you know, and if we can get at that. Um, but like I said, our own form isn't the best. It, it it wasn't the best last season, but I I do think we need that first home win, and um, I think uh, for for myself, I think what. Uh, this is a great chance for us to get it. That's all I'll say. It's a great yeah. chance. But I don't think it's going to be a walkover. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. And I'd, I'd go for another 2-1 for us because that's the type of scoreline that we keep producing. So I think we'll do your 2-1. Probably go 2-0 up and you'll score a goal and uh, later on for a consolation. Put us under a bit of pressure, but we'll all like. So that's why I'm going for 2-1. We're going to have I think that's probably quite savvy because, like you say, fine margins looking at your results. There's only really like one goal in it a lot of times. I think as well, the first goal is going to be really important because when Reading go ahead in games, I know, you know, you're saying about having the soft underbelly and I think to to an extent that's probably true. But the type of player that Paul Lynch has managed to bring in this season, if, if we get our nose in front, we're big and disciplined enough at times to, to see it out. Um, which is something we've not done in previous seasons. So I reckon I can see Reading either sneaking it 1-0 or be, maybe being pegged back to a, like a a workmanlike one-all draw, which I think we'd take. I think we'd take a point on the road because like like we've said, our away record's not great so far this season. So, But that's that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be a miser and say one-all, but you'll be glad to hear I've not got one of these right yet this season. So, <laughs> <laughs> um Barry, all that's left to do then. So thank you so much for coming on this Empire Rules preview podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And um, if any Reading fans out there want their Wigan Athletic fix, you know, peek over the fence, see how the the neighbours are doing. I say neighbours, they're you know a bit. They're not really in our neck of the woods there. <laughs> but um, please, please give Barry and everyone a follow uh, on Twitter. Where can they find you on Twitter, Barry? Uh, well, I'm at Worthington Baz, but the podcast is at PWU Podcast. Um, you, you, you mentioned neighbours there about about us and Reading. Um, mm. When we first got elected into the football league in 1978, you you were the third league game, so you were there <laughs> right at the start. Uh, you beat us two 0 at Elm Park, but we oh, beat you in the in, in the, uh, it, the return fixture was in November, so it was pretty pretty sharpish on on the back of that. But we won that one, so that was all right. And also, when we got promoted to the Premier League for the first time, uh, 
we sealed promotion with a, a 3 one home victory over Reading, who was chasing the, the playoffs. But you did follow us up the season after, didn't you? Yeah. With uh, Steve Coppel in charge. Indeed, yeah. And I think you're fourth on our all-time list of teams that we've played. So wow. we have played quite a lot over the, over the years. I think we've followed each other up and down the, the league. So there is a little bit of uh, closeness, shall we say, between sure. the two clubs. There's so, a more of a shared history than I thought. So, yeah, there you yeah, go. Every day's still the, <laughs> you got the new stadium. We got the new stadium. You yeah. know, uh, you got a wealthy owner. So did we. I, I remember Kerry Dixon coming up when he was manager. He, yeah, he managed it, not Back in the he uh, did. That's early eighties, right. he came up to Springfield Park, and I think we gave you a tonk in that day. And he looked, he looked, he looked very. Did he start his career off with Reading? I think he did, didn't he? You before may well have done. It was a little bit before my time, but all right. I'm, so I'm embarrassed to say, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as, as there is there is a little bit of uh, connection between us. So um, and uh, of course you had Jason Roberts. Oh yeah, the big bad wolf. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you were. Love Jason Roberts. What a man. Yeah, well he scored he scored the the second goal in that game at, at the DW where we got promoted, hmm. and he had a broken leg at the time, which nobody knew about. He had a stress fracture of his leg. It, that sounds like a Jason Roberts thing to do because when we yeah. went up to the Premier League. You know, in in part due to his goals that he scored from January onwards, we rewarded him with a new contract, and then we didn't see him again for like two years. So, uh, but <laughs> but he's off doing bigger and better things now. His old Jason Roberts. Yeah. So, it, the plenty of shared history and another chapter to be written on the weekend. So, thank you to Barry and the gang. Uh, come on, you are. Thank you for listening again to the Elm Park Rules preview podcast, and thank you to Phantom Brewing Co. in Reading for sponsoring this episode. We will see you next week for more stuff like this. So stay tuned. See you later.